This is Central Carolina Journal, a program that highlights events, programs, and slices of life happening throughout our communities. I'm Fred Brucker. Thanks for joining us. The trades, careers that require the use of tools, measurements, and the willingness to get a workout and some dirty hands. There is an overall skills gap between the number of workers needed and the number of qualified workers to fill those jobs. But perhaps one of the more high-profile ones in our current time and in our area is those that can build buildings, in particular, homes and dwellings. Of course, businesses are building too, which is fueling some of the need for more homes to be built. I spoke with instructor Jeff Gannon about this need and how the Building Construction Technology Program is trying to prepare students for helping to bridge the skills gap in this sector. We'll also talk about an opportunity you have to take home a piece of work that the students created, or perhaps better put, how a creation of the students could become your next home with an auction that will be happening between October 1st and October 8th. Jeff, you're involved in teaching construction, building construction to students, and I can't help but notice I follow a lot of different things online. I'm a huge fan of Mike Rowe, and he talks a lot about things like the skills gap and work ethic and all that sort of thing. Can you speak a little bit to the current state of construction and what you see in terms of the skills gap in that industry? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, Mike Rowe's great. If he's listening, it, by the way, it, come on the podcast sometime. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shout outs <laughs> to him and all his efforts towards developing that skills gap and calling attention to the importance of these blue collar jobs, not just the importance of it, but the integrity of them, the mm-hmm. satisfaction of them, the g- great career paths of them. There's just so much to be said for working with your hands and uh, getting into these like traditional blue collar jobs where at the end of the day, you've made something tangible. So that's the delight and the joy that I have in relationship to construction. Fortunately, we are at a point in history, at a point in central North Carolina, where there is a huge emphasis, a huge need to bring people back into these careers. And we at CCCC in the Building Construction Program have the privilege of providing these people the pathway, the knowledge, the skills, so that they can enter these careers. And these careers are just busting at the seams. And the nice thing about that, too, is the pay scales have changed. And people can very easily, with just a two-year degree, even just our certificate, which students can earn in as short as three semesters, enter these fields and make a very solid middle-class living in short order and and enter a a field where they can go in all kinds of places. And and we're seeing students do that. That was actually going to be one of the questions I was going to ask in terms of if they get just a certificate or even go for like an associate's or something like that, 
what can a student expect when they complete the program? Yeah. So it's uh, – the, all right. So I guess I should back up a little bit and say that the construction field, if you could see – I know we're on the radio. But if you could see my arms, I can't stretch my arms wide enough to show the diversity of entry points into this industry, right? And in order to account for that, we are presently offering three sort of – pathways. Students can come in as a, and get a certificate and as short as the three semesters, as I just mentioned. Uh, they can go sort of middle of the road, get a diploma, or they can go all out and get that associate's degree in about five semesters. Any one of those pathways, you can enter the field the day you graduate. Actually, a lot of my students are entering the field before they graduate, mm-hmm. or they're even in the field right now, and they're wanting to climb the rungs of the ladder or they're wanting to expand into a different part of the field. Um, There's just a ton of latitude in this industry. So our approach has been to offer people multitude of ways in which to get the skills that they need so they can go get that job that they're looking for. So what kinds of jobs are they going for when they come out of this program? Obviously, you hear on the news right now a lot of different things happening between the influx of new companies that are coming into central North Carolina. So there are companies that are building structures, some of them right in our own backyard in Chatham County and up towards Randolph County. And then, of course, people moving in. And we've all heard about real estate prices in the past several months. What sort of things do you see students heading into the most and where is the most opportunity? So we're, we see students entering into the field really in all kinds of places. Uh, and two, I should say, you know, as I answer that question, I should mention too that our student body is not a cohesive group. We have got like students from all, I think, I think my youngest student just turned 18 last week. Mm-hmm. And then my oldest student's probably 62. Oh, wow. Yeah. And there are job opportunities for it. And then I got a lot of students in the middle. And uh, the whole spectrum. If they want a job, they got it. Right? But I will say that probably the bulk of them are looking to go put their hands on materials and put tools in their hands. And so they're starting construction companies. There's a, a student, I'll give a shout out. To a student, Juan Solis has got a framing company that he just started a couple years ago. He graduated, and he's framing primarily new construction houses. There's uh, Jackie Castillo down here in Sanford. She's doing a lot of decks and a lot of home improvement kind of projects. There's uh, Angela Kakasi who is um, doing a lot of design build projects and a lot of like kitchen remodels or just uh, she's doing a lot of the design work component of this as well as the hands-on components. Then there's other students that go. So these are those, those three that I just mentioned are, are all went down that road of entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. But then there's all the other students that go land jobs with some fantastic companies that we've got in the area and they enter those fields, you know, from entry-level laborers all the way up to, you know, I've, we've got a, a student that's a site supervisor on a project. We've had students quickly become project managers for companies. So they are really and truly entering in, in all kinds of aspects of the industry. Oh, and then I should mention the codes and inspections. Like, that's another end of the industry 
that people, when you when you think construction, you often don't think about the necessary permitting and inspection process that goes along with construction projects, which also is facing huge workforce shortages. So we have students that are going into that industry as well. You know, I wanted to touch back. You were mentioning some of the students that have gone through your program, and I couldn't help but hear a couple of the names of the alums, and I heard a lot of female names. Yes, yeah, yeah, totally. I am so proud of our gender breakdown of our alums and our current student body. Um, in order, so this workforce, so Mike Rowe will talk about this too. So we got a huge workforce shortage in the construction sector. There is no way to meet that need if we just stay focused on our stereotypical historic construction worker or what we typically think of as that person. Um, so we have broadened who our audience is and in doing so, by diversifying the workforce, we've actually increased the um, the like. I want to say it's like the more diverse the workforce, the better the products that emerge out of that workforce, mm. and and we're absolutely seeing that in our program, and we are intentional emphasis on making the construction program and environment an inviting place regardless who you are so we want everybody to feel at home in this space and as such we've been able to increase our diversity and as such it's just grown uh so it's becoming a self-fulfilling program in that uh the more women we have had in the program the more women continue to come into the program and we should say, just for clarity's sake, that when these ladies come into the program, they're not there for the interior design aspect per no. se. They're picking up the tools. They're getting dirty. Absolutely. Absolutely. So before my role here as a an educator, I was in the industry. I was doing custom home building here in, in central North Carolina. And I quickly realized that when my crew had a woman on that crew – the quality of work was better across the board, right? And what I sort of like attributed that to was it was a diversity issue. And and when you had people from different backgrounds and different perspectives looking at the same equation or the same problem, well, now that you have more layers of solutions being addressed to that problem and the product that's going to come out of that is going to be a better product. So that was happening on my my job sites and coming in the program, it was just a, a no brainer for me to first right off the bat, make this an inclusive space, regardless of who you are, we will teach you how to use these tools, how to learn, you know, learn these construction techniques and make stuff happen in a completely egalitarian kind of way. And sure enough, you know, that, that happens and it's, it's a beautiful thing. I'd love to point our listeners to the curriculum program on CCCC's website. If they go to cccc.edu forward slash BCT, can actually see a video of some of the females that have been part of the program. It was something that PBSNC had actually featured on your behalf. And it was very interesting to watch. Yeah. And, 
you know, we're doing our part in a much broader, actually, it's not just nationwide. This is like a worldwide emphasis on making construction an inclusive space for women. One of our students, uh, Angela Kakase, who I mentioned earlier, she started this thing in one of our classes called Move Over Bob. And so you can Google that. And that has become a international phenomenon. Um, but basically, it's just like not get out of the way, Bob. It's just move over, Bob. Let's make space for, you know, Mary or Jane or who have you. And then let's all get to work together and address this workforce shortage issue and go enter into, you know, some careers uh, that everybody can benefit from. All right. So let's take a look at the program in particular. We've talked around the issue and in the industry, but let's look at the program. When a student comes on, what sort of things can they experience in the classroom, in the laboratory? What will they encounter? So something else I'm really proud of, an ethos that we perpetuate in the program besides inclusivity is real world experience. We want everybody that comes in our doors to get the real world experience. Nothing is for pretend. We're going to make it real, as close to real world as possible in an educational environment. And the way we do that is we build a small house, but we're using all the same tools that you'd find on, you know, you can pull into any construction site and you'd find the same tools that we're using. So we're using nail guns, circular saws, the, the whole gamut, uh, teaching students how to do those things safely. You might not always find that on a construction site uh, so that they can leave and grow old in this industry uh, with all their fingers and, you know, and, and their backs in good shape. So that's, that's probably the number one thing that we do. And in doing that, too, we, I mean, we'll teach students how to, you know, shovel and push a broom. Uh, it, it's all of those nests, how to work and how to sweat, right? Mm. Here we are in North Carolina, and, and we go fall, spring, and then summer. And it's hot in the summer. But if you're going to be in this business, you need to learn how to do that. But there is, I find there's like a transformational joy in learning how to work and then enjoying that work. And you don't have to always stay in that place where you're hefting materials and sweating all the time. You can evolve into different positions in the sector, but it's good to put in your time doing that at least once. You know, you mentioned that you build a cottage, and I want to get to that a little bit later on because we want to let our listeners know about an opportunity related to that. Getting back into the program, though, you're talking about students getting hands-on, using materials, and learning how to put things together. Would that mean that, given the fact that you've already talked about the diversity of your students from a gender standpoint, from an age standpoint, is there a kind of student that perhaps would be better suited for this program than others? What's the markings of a potentially successful student in this program? You know, so that's that's a really interesting question, I think. Um, and if I were to draw commonalities across these students, so like, you know, we got great diversity, as you just described, the interest or desire to make something happen, mm. right? So students that come into this business want to make something happen, something tangible, something that you can see, something at the end of your labor, you've produced a result that you can then stand back from and say to yourself, all right, that looks good. 
That's probably the commonality. So folks that are interested in that. And in order to do that, you have to be willing to participate. You can't just sit in a chair the whole time. Our classes, you know, we, te- we run them in big blocks of time. Like, you know, the construction class is a seven-hour-long class. Once a week, but for seven hours. And we start that class with me sort of going over, like, you know, work scope and details. If, if I'm talking too long, then my students will let me know, hey, it's time to go get to work. So that's that commonality. People that want to physically participate in an activity. So if someone is interested, but maybe they've not had the bringing up, and I'm kind of speaking from personal experience here, I didn't really have the opportunity to play with tools. I didn't necessarily know what it's like to measure twice and saw once, as it were. What's the learning curve for someone that's like, oh, I really want to do something like this, but uh, I've not really had the opportunity to be in a shop before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love that. I think about this current group of students, you know. We have somebody that I think he's got me by a couple years. I'm 51. And he's been in the industry his whole life. Hmm. But he's looking to pivot to a different sector or different section. He wants to get into codes and inspections. And so he's in our program. So he knows all these tools. Combined with another student, that has never put their hands on a tape measure, uh, a carpenter's pencil, etc. And I start everybody regardless at the same place. But then if you have that previous experience, you can excel and move more rapidly and also be looped back in to help others. Hmm. Because, you know, there's that old adage, you don't really learn it till you teach it. Mm-hmm. So some of these students will then turn around and help me teach it. And we create this sort of level playing field where, so I've been in the business a long time since I was a teenager. And a couple of years ago, I stumbled on a video, how to sharpen a carpenter's pencil. And I learned at just under 50 ways to sharpen a carpenter's pencil that I did not know. Mm. Sharpen a pencil. How basic can you get? And I just learned these new ways. And mm. my Lord, do these, these little tricks make a big difference on a couple different carpentry things that you're doing. So we all start there. You can never learn it all. This is the other beauty of this industry is it's so big and there's so much to it that you can never know it all. So we sort of recognize that, we start with the basics, and then we just sort of go from there. So everybody, by the end, is fluent and competent in all kinds of tools and all kinds of techniques. That's fantastic. And maybe I'll try to pick up a class. (laughs) Yeah, come on, come on. Learn what the numbers on the tape measure mean. Yeah, yeah. I'll count that as a success. Oh, yeah, totally. But uh, I would also assume that in addition to learning the tools of the trade, learning how to use them, Of course, you're also going to teach things like safety and regulations and all of that as well. That's right. That's right. That's we we start with that. We start with the safety, you know, because construction is top, depending which stats you look at. It's in the top 10 most dangerous occupations. Mm. And here in North Carolina, that is compounded by our heat. So we do start with that and we make that a value in the classroom. Construction is an extremely collaborative endeavor. And it's teamwork-based. So we approach safety from that standpoint, too, that it's this collaborative, teamwork-based value that we're going to practice in the classroom so that 
when you've got your safety glasses on top of your head and you're getting ready to shoot that nail gun, your classmate's going to remind you, hey, eyes, so that you, oh, yeah, you put those safety glasses over your eyes. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, move on. You mentioned earlier that uh, your students build a cottage, and that's kind of this big encompassing project that they all do. And this is actually the reason that we have you here in studio, because you have a cottage that is completed, and you need to unload it. Yes. This is cottage number 10, I believe, if if I've not lost count, that... Initially got its start with a, a grant from Duke Energy. Gave the college $30,000 to get started building these cottages that we then turn around and auction off. And then whoever gets the cottage, they have a, a nice student-built small house to do with as they wish. And we've seen these cottages go to first-time home buyers. We've seen them sold as investment properties. We've seen them become in-law suites a wide variety of applications for people. So coming up here, October the 1st, our online auction is going to open up. Somebody is interested. Yeah, we're going to put a link to it on our page. So go to 883wuaw.com forward slash CCJ. We'll have a link to the auction for the cottage. But before people click on that, As best as we can without actually showing pictures, it is radio after all, let's talk a little bit about what the cottage is. Give us a quick tour. What's the square footage? What are some of the features? Super, super. I'm glad you asked that question. So let me back up a little bit and tell you just a little bit more about what we're doing as a program. And the Chatham Cottage is the manifest of that program, these values that we teach. So so we got inclusivity. We've got students learning tools and techniques and construction details. So students are learning all these foundational construction principles that are essential to go into the industry, right? And then we take it another step, another layer. So if you were to, depending which stats you look at, if you were to take a look at various sectors in the United States, the construction sector is the number one contributor to climate change. Mm. So as that big bad, the improvements made in the construction sector and the way that the construction sector contributes to climate change is the production of materials, the transportation of materials, the continuing operation of a built environment, right? So all of the things, all of the decisions that need to be made that go into a project, if you add in that one additional layer of how energy efficient is it going to be, where did our materials come from, what is the carbon footprint of these materials, et cetera, we not only are taking students' knowledge base and elevating that, we're actually making a really big impact on a big issue that, you know, we're facing globally, right? Mm-hmm. And the Chatham Cottage is the manifest of this, right? Mm-hmm. And these things, these principles I'm talking about, fortunately, we're in this moment in history where a lot of this stuff is going mainstream. And a lot of these houses being built in Chatham are energy efficient or high performance houses. So, you know, it's like, oh, what do you know? There's also jobs in those sectors, right? Oh, there's actually workforce shortage in those sectors. So not only 
are we giving students the skills that they need to enter the construction sector? We're also giving them the skills that they need to enter the, we could call this a sustainable tech sector Mm -hmm. or a high performance construction sector or energy efficiency auditor sector. So the Chatham Cottage is that made manifest. I appreciate you bringing that up because that is an important piece nowadays to a lot of us, not just having nice things and having buildings. There's definitely a building shortage, at least in our area, but also the fact that there is some sort of ethical point of view in putting those things together and the fact that it's becoming a trend in the industry, just that much more powerful for the students to be able to apply those things in addition to making their own mark in that sort of way. Yeah, yeah. And it gives them even greater latitude to pick which occupation they go into. So that said, about six years ago, collaborated with this architect, a local architect, Mike Spinello, to revision the way we were building the cottage. And and this is sort of really the birth of the Chatham Cottage. And what happened when we brought Mike into this equation was we had a small, so this is a small house. It's like the footprint of it, of the heated and cooled portion of it is 16 by 34 with a 8 by 16 porch on the front. But what happened when we brought Mike into this was the design of this simple one bedroom became an elevated spatial concept, I guess you could say. Front porch Mm -hmm. where you can sit out and wave to your neighbors. Your semi-public space like the living room where you can host guests and have company over. Your private spaces like the bedroom and the bathroom, right? So this cottage has all of those different spaces designed thoughtfully into it. It's a simple one bedroom, one bath, but yet it feels bigger than it really is. So this would definitely be something for perhaps an individual or a couple that they could possibly use as a starter home that you've mentioned some have used. Yeah. Or perhaps some of the other purposes that are coming in vogue, like an in-law apartment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Your utilities would be almost nothing to operate, you know, the house in terms of heating and cooling. And then we've like put in, you know, little local touches like uh, we have a board that makes up a little interior soffit. So another one of the things um, we have some like differences in space, like we've got a cathedral ceiling, then we have a, you know, a regular ceiling. But anyway, one of these transition boards, it's actually a old bleacher from Horton Middle School. Hmm. So we have this piece of like historic Southern yellow pine as an accent board sort of further speaks to the Chathamness of it. So now we mentioned we'll provide a link to the auction, but perhaps before someone says, Ooh, I want to hop in on that. Are there some things that a potential bidder may need to know? Yes. Yes. That's a fantastic question. Yeah. Chatham County has been wonderful to work with. We pull permits and we run through the series of inspections on this cottage. So it's been inspected all the way through the insulation inspection, and now it's got sheetrock up. So whoever buys this needs to understand that what they're entering into is an undertaking where they're going to have to contract with house movers to move it from our campus to their property. So you've got house movers. We're going to have to then transfer the permit from Central Carolina to them. And then there's some miscellaneous construction details that they're going to need to undertake. We, we take it as far as we can take it, but we're working within an academic time frame. So inevitably, we run out of time. 
we did not get to the floor. So there's no finished floor, for example. The tile in the bathroom needs to be finished. So it's an undertaking, but for the right person, it's a very positive value added proposition. And they also, along with the sale, I offer and provide a lot of tutoring assistance so that whoever wins this auction understands just what they're getting into and what's necessary. Um, We should mention, if they want to come see it before the auction date, they should reach out to me and I'm happy to give them a tour of the cottage and talk through these details so that they can understand just what they're looking at. And the cottage itself is actually sitting in the parking lot at Chatham Main Campus yes, in Pittsburgh. that is correct. Yep. The Building Construction Technology Program at Central Carolina Community College provides hands-on training in construction while learning OSHA regulations and considering ecological and sustainable methods of construction. Opportunities range from a three-semester diploma program to a five-semester associate degree. Information is available online at www.cccc.edu forward slash BCT or by phone at 919-545-8032. The online auction for the Chatham Cottage will be live between October 1st and October 8th, 2022. In-person viewings of the cottage are available on the Chatham Main Campus in Pittsboro by appointment. Appointments can be made at 919-545-8032. Detailed information on the cottage, along with a link to the auction page, can be found at www.cccc.edu forward slash the Chatham Cottage. The auction ends at 12 noon on Saturday, October 8th. That's going to do it for this edition of Central Carolina Journal. To hear any of our shows, visit www.883wuaw.com forward slash ccj or search WUAW on your favorite podcast app. If you have an idea for a future episode, give us a call at 910-814-8859 or email us at wuaw at cccc.edu. Central Carolina Journal is a public affairs presentation of Central Carolina Community College and its radio stations, 90.5 WDCC and 88.3 WUAW. I'm Fred Brucker. Thanks for listening.